Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. we've been thinking about this morning and I've been praying for this morning I was reminded of the scriptures in second chronicles so we're going to do some uh looking at the the dedication of the temple in second chronicles five and six okay so if you turn up second chronicles in your bible please I want you to use this as a, a point of reference for breaking bread you know when we gather around this table and break bread together there's so much in this meal there is so much do I need to? Oh, there you go. So much so that even my mic can't handle it. And um, there are so many parts of the Bible that point to this meal and point to the significance of, of uh, what Jesus established in the new covenant as he led his disciples through this the breaking bread together. And in Second Chronicles, King David has established the kingdom of Israel and it's been united under him and his heart's desire above all else was to build a temple a house that God could live in, a place where God could live and be among his people. That was David's heart. But God had said to David, you can't be the one who will build the temple. There's too much blood on your hands. You're a, you're a king of war. It will have to be a king of peace that does this. And so your son, Solomon, will have the honor and the privilege to rule a kingdom in peace and to build the temple. And that's exactly what Solomon does. David gets all of the materials together. He buys the site on which the temple is built. He gets from God a vision of everything that's to be within the temple. He's got it all and he just passes it on to his son Solomon. David knew this isn't about me. This is about something such, so much greater than me. It's about you, Lord. Such a faithful man. And he hands this over to his son Solomon to rule over a peaceful, glorious kingdom and be the one who would build the temple. And it is an awesome temple. I don't know about, do you sometimes, when you're reading all the, if you read through Exodus, the last third of Exodus is all about the tabernacle. And then big chunks of Chronicles and Kings are all about the, the proportions of the temple. Does anybody ever start reading that and just start to glaze? Or are there people in construction who get really excited? I don't know how it works. Or architects start getting really excited about it and everybody else doesn't know what to do with it all. But you know, God is very specific in how he wants us to live. He's very specific in how he wants to lead us. And he's very specific in how he wants his temple to be built. And we know that the church is the temple of God. And God is very interested in how this temple is being built. Because this is where his presence dwells. Isn't that amazing? Have a look around at the moment. Okay, this is where God's presence dwells. In this temple. And we have this incredible temple that's hand-cut stones expertly laid. The inside walls had been panelled with cypress wood. And then that was overlaid with gold and embedded with jewels. I mean, that's a bling room, isn't it? That is an incredible room. The, the holy place, just golden all the way around, solid gold. And then into the most holy place, also with stone that was cut, cypress wood and gold. And if you just close your eyes for a moment and stand outside the temple, 
Now, God had given them very clear things to make, very clear things to use. One of them was called a basin where they were to wash their hands. It was a bronze basin, but it was so vast they called it the sea. That's how big this basin was. It was so big it rested on the back of 12 oxen that were made from bronze. This was vast. And this was going to be a place where the priests would come and wash and purify themselves. You know, this morning God has done all that's necessary for us to be pure. That we can be washed with pure, clean, fresh water this morning. You can come to this table washed and pure and right before God, not because of what you have done, but because of what he has done. Just right now, let's just make sure that our hearts are pure before the Lord. And if, there, if there's issues, if there are things that the Holy Spirit highlights, we can repent of them, we can turn from them, and we can know forgiveness and right standing with the Lord right now. We can put things right in our own hearts with him. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you'd search us and test us and know us and show anything in us that we need to deal with right now so that as we approach this table, we do so with great joy and great excitement and an ability to be so blessed by what you want to do through this table this morning. And then next to the bronze basin, next to the sea was a bronze altar. And it was vast. And many animals were sacrificed and burned on it. And that smell pleased God. Have you ever been in your back garden and the smell of barbecue wafts across? But it was a pleasing smell. It blessed God's heart, and it was a, but it was a token. It was a, it was a sacrifice that meant that this is to take the place of my sin. Sin means death. This animal has died in my place. We know that there's been a perfect sacrifice for us in Jesus Christ. His body was broken for us. His blood was shed for us. And that's what the table represents this morning. A sacrifice has been made for us this morning. And we come not because of who we are or what we've done, but because of what he has done and our faith in him. And then they go into the, most, into the holy place and there were 10 golden tables with bread on them, fresh bread, baked every day. This was a pleasant smelling place. 10 tables. You know there's provision for us this morning. There's sustenance for us this morning. There's bread for us literally this morning. And one bite of that can nourish you and strengthen you in a way that 12 loaves of Warburtons could never do. There's power in this meal this morning. There were 10 uh, menorahs, lampstands that were blazing. There's light for us this morning. God wants to shine his light into every situation for us to know how to live, for us to see where God wants us to go. And there was an incense altar where there was incense that represented the prayers of the people that, again, pleased God. This special incense that was made by the priests to please and bless God's heart. And this morning, in all that we do, we want to please God's heart, don't we? We want to bless him. Isn't it incredible that we can please the almighty God, the Lord of the hosts of heaven's armies, the creator, the eternal one, the ancient of days, the awesome, invisible, only wise God. We can bring joy to his heart. We can bring joy to his heart. We can bring him pleasure this morning. That is an incredible privilege. And then there was the most holy place, these two cherubim, not cherubs, Please don't mix up cherubs with cherubim. Cherubs are the little ones with the arrows and the nappies. Cherubim are massive, sword-wielding, 
mighty angels. And their wingspan between them was 30 feet across. And they stood as a canopy in the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant was to rest. And in that place, on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant, God's very presence would rest among his people. You know what? God's presence isn't limited to one place in Jerusalem this time. His presence is everywhere. His presence is among his people. It's in his temple. It's here among us this morning. The presence of God is here with us today. And I believe God wants us to experience his presence among us this morning. For us to know something of it. Because if we, if we turn to in Second Chronicles, when we talk about the presence of God, or we read about the presence of God here, this wasn't something out there and ethereal and, and a theory. This was very, very real. This was discernible. This was tangible. This was visible. This was knowable. To experience the presence of God. Would you like to experience the presence of God this morning? Would we like to do that? To know God's presence among us. Holy Spirit, we ask. We say that we're gathered together and you are the one who's in charge of this gathering this morning. Spirit of God, we want to be led by you in everything that we do. And we ask that you'd reveal God to us in a fresh and new way. You'd reveal the Father to us. You'd reveal Christ to us in fresh and new way this morning. That you'd empower us and strengthen us, but that we'd know your presence among us. Holy Spirit, we pray. They've done all of these things. Everything's been established. Everything's been brought together. And in 2 Chronicles 5 from verse 4, it says, All of the elders of Israel arrived, and the Levites picked up the ark, and the priests and the Levites brought the ark along with the special tent. That was David's tent where the, the ark had been stored, and the sacred items that had been in it. And there before the ark, King Solomon and the entire community of Israel sacrificed so many sheep goats and cattle that no one could keep count. This was extravagant worship. Then the priest carried the Ark of the Lord's Covenant into the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and placed it beneath the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread their wings over the Ark, forming a canopy over the Ark and its carrying poles. These poles were so long that their ends could be seen from the holy place, which is in front of the most holy place, but not from the outside. They are still there to this day. Nothing was in the ark except the two stone tablets that Moses had placed in it at Mount Sinai where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel when they left Egypt. You know, uh, in, in, the, in the actual temple itself, the inside had cherubim, had pomegranates and palm trees and all sorts of different things. There were earthly created things and there were heavenly created things represented there. And you know, in the temple of God, there are earthly and heavenly coming together, aren't there? There are angels here wanting to minister this morning in the gathering because the people of God have gathered together. Where there's the temple, where the people of God gather together, this is where the Holy Spirit rests and this is where there's angelic activity to bring about the will of God. It says the priests left the holy place and all the priests who were present had purified themselves whether or not they were on duty that day. And the Levites who were musicians were dressed in fine linen robes and stood at the east of the altar playing cymbals, lyres, and harps. And they joined by 120 who were playing trumpets. The trumpeters and the singers performed together in unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord, accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments. They raised their voices and praised the Lord with these words. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. At that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord 
The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. Then Solomon prayed, O Lord, you have said that you would live in thick a cloud of darkness. Now I have built a glorious temple for you, a place where you can live forever. And then the king turned around to the entire community of Israel standing before him and gave them this blessing. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept the promise he made to my father David. You know, God is a covenant-keeping, promise-keeping God. And this morning, as we gather around this table, there's provision for us. Why? Because God has made a promise. And God keeps his covenant. This is a covenant meal. And then Solomon stands and he prays in chapter six. And he says these things. He says, God, you're awesome. God, you're a God of covenant. God, you're among your people. How incredible is that? Lord, we're to be humble. We're to be thankful. We're to be repentant with one another. Lord, we pray that the world will see, other nations will see how glorious you are. And he prays that they would, uh, that he would help them to ensure to remain faithful to him. He led them in that prayer together. Can we close our eyes for a moment? And ask the, the singers and the musicians to come back, please. And just begin to play. God is awesome. God is awesome. We can't comprehend how awesome God is, how mighty he is, how great he is. But Holy Spirit, we ask that you'd reveal to us something fresh today, the awesomeness of God, of his mightiness, of his greatness, of how worthy he is. Lord, we thank you that you're a God of covenant. We thank you, Lord, that you keep your promises. Lord, there are promises attached to this meal this morning. Lord, there is covenant for us to enter into afresh this morning. There's strength for our bodies. There's health for our bodies and our minds. There's healing for emotional challenges and difficulties. There's restoration of relationship that's been broken. Lord, there's so much in this meal. There's life for us, Lord. The life of the blood of Jesus Christ is available to us this morning. And Lord, we say we want to gather together united as one people, united in worship before you, Lord. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.